interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Got up off the bench, so the coach forgot me. A lot of suckers in the game and they loafing proudly. I be watching for the snakes, hear the cobra copy. I was show a lot of love, but they chose to knock me. Made it through the waves, hear the coast was rocky. Never jaded, but I hate it when the holes up on me. I know what you about, this a game, my hobby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. I go by Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. Man, this is episode 190. Happy New Year to all you guys and cows out there, man. Peace and blessings to everybody that... That brought in the new year in a positive way. Also for some folks that kind of brought it in in a negative way and stuff like that. Prayers and blessings to you. Hopefully this year is your year and things continue to get better. Um, as a fan of hip hop and sports, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, just some recent events and, and losses in the music game. Gangsta Boo, Memphis rapper, uh, you know, found that. I hate to start it off on a somber note, but I did want to acknowledge that as growing up. She was a part of my party and a part of the music I listened to, my homies listened to. So I wanted to definitely uh, send, you know, prayers and condolences to her family. Also, uh, Damar Hamlin. Uh, yesterday, if you're a big sports fan, football like us, you know, that's what we we hang our hats on here as far as the music and the sports and everything like that. Um, terrible, terrible injury. Was supposed to have a podcast out yesterday. Didn't really feel like doing it after I saw that, to be honest with you. And uh, the human in me just couldn't do it. However, prayers um, to him. Hopefully he makes a, a speedy recovery, still in critical condition. So, you know, prayers to him and, and everything in his family. And you guys continue to, uh, you know, support them in any way possible. I know he has a fun, a GoFundMe for a toy drive. So if you guys and girls find it in your hearts, go to his Instagram and you'll see it right then and there. Um, but again... Hate to start on a somber note, but the positive part of it is we are back for another episode, another year. We're going on almost four years here in the next couple of months, so I'm I'm proud of that. Also, before I get into who we have here on the podcast, I wanted to send my boy Prez off in a very, very great way, but somehow, somewhere, we just didn't get to do it, um, but he was, and he is forever, forever will be a part of this podcast. Just want to let him pu- know publicly that I do appreciate him. Uh, he's taken some time off. He'll be here in spot duties, but pretty much this is what you can look forward to me each and every week solo. He'll be back on some spot duty, taking care of some personal business over the next year. And this is kind of how the podcast is going to flow. More music, more interviews, more sports. Things ain't going to change, but we may have a whole host of different characters from time to time. So Wanted to send him off in a grand way, just didn't happen that way, just due to scheduling conflicts. But that's my man of 20 plus years. Nothing is wrong with our friendship. Nothing is wrong with anything. Just wanted to put that out there before we get into the episode. But with that said, starting it off, I wanted to start off with an interview this year and not ramble on because I wanted to continue to support the independent artists. That's a big part of our platform. Today, episode 190, we got RTC Profit. From Canada, our first rapper from overseas, um, so to speak. Canada is right there, big, you know, like a little, little brother. But you know, it's official for us to have an overseas candidate here and and, and rapper and quite talented um, at that. So I don't want to keep you guys waiting. Welcome to the couch for the first time, RTC Profit man. What's going on, brother? Appreciate it, my man. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you having me on your platform. Oh, any any time, man. Any time. This is kind of long overdue. Sometimes, y'all, you know, it's a lot of people that reach out 
And we're fortunate to have people reach out, but sometimes we just like got so much lined up and, you know, we do this all out the, you know, strength of our heart and our time, our spare time. So sometimes it just doesn't line up. So I do apologize. It had nothing to do with your talent, it had everything to do with timing. So, but we here now, year later, two projects, a lot of features in 2022. Uh, man, tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you come from and, you know, how long you've been doing this thing. Uh. My name RTC Prophet. I uh, I've been making music since I really I really locked in, got serious making music probably around 2016 or so. Um, I released a project in 2017 called The Bear Market, um, and since then a lot of EPs, a lot of smaller projects. But then this year I actually honed in and knocked out you know two full length bodies of work that I I feel are representative of the growth that I've I've had both musically and personally over the past few years. So yeah, the RTC in my name um, is it stands for a few things in all honesty. Initially the concept was round the clock records. Like that's like the record label side of things. Cause back in the day when, when we used to be working late night shifts, you know, doing, doing like kitchen work and, and, you know, being on, on the kitchen line and stuff would be working late night and come home to the studio around like 1, 2 a.m. and knock out tracks to like 6 a.m. in the morning. So that's where the, the round the clock records came from. But then it sort of branched off into a lot of different fields. RTC, in terms of the, my name, it, it, it represents uh, Rise to Conquer. So Rise to Conquer Profit, it's almost the concept of overcoming the financial matrix that we find ourselves in. You know, um, also, it's a it's a play on words, so to speak, because I was named after Elijah, the, the biblical prophet. So that's that's where the original name came from. And obviously, there's a million people calling themselves prophet out here. So I needed some, something to uh, sort of differentiate from these other artists. So that's uh, that's that side of things. And then also in terms of the record label within my own hometown, sometimes we try to operate and do some things in a in a philanthropic regard. So. With regard to that, RTC stands for uh, right, right to Care. You know? So, Right to Care, Rise to Conquer, Round the Clock. Dope, 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 man. Um, and and I, you, you said a lot of things in there that got a lot of questions, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I do want to ask, um, you know, from what part of Canada are you from? Are you originally from Canada? I was, I was born in Calgary, Calgary, okay. Alberta. Um, but I spent a lot of time in BC, like Vancouver is my favorite city in Canada. I've tapped in, in Toronto to a certain extent, really don't make too much music with people out there because they have their own stylistic approach, which is, it doesn't necessarily align with mine, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really the, the origins is in Calgary, you know, and it's, it's not really a city necessarily known for hip hop culture, but there's a certain demographic of individuals within this city that have, always understood hip hop, understood its history, understood the the intent and, and the, the creative aspect of it and have a respect for it and obviously attempt to pay homage in, in the way that we execute, you know, so. Yeah, and I feel that, um, you know, I just came from like six years overseas in Germany and I've been in the military for 22 years and I've, I've, I've been a lot of different places and what I find about overseas is I won't say real hip hop or whatever the case may be it's just the artistry of it like it just seems like some of their fans are not the fly by night fans like they really hone in on every different facet whether it's music from a party aspect or just more of a feeling or if it's more intricate 
rhymes and stuff like that. So it seems like where you're from, they kind of focus more so on the artistry of it, of it all. Would you say so? Yeah, I, I, this is, there's a certain segment, a certain demographic of people, absolutely. Because obviously everyone really taps in with the mainstream sound as well. And to a certain extent, Calgary is a city of followers, you know, so there's certain people that are going to immediately follow after whatever the mainstream style of the moment is, you know, when it was 2018, everyone was trying to sound like Travis Scott. Um, you know, people were trying to sound like the baby for a minute and all these different, all these different lanes. And I, I feel as though really and truly every, every aspect every I guess you could say subgenre of hip hop has, you know, the children that are birthed by that, the originators of that sound, you know, like, You've got people initially that try, uh, tried to sound like Rakim or tried to sound like G-Rap. Later on, tried to sound like Hove or Nas or Prodigy. And, you know, today you've got people that try to sound like Cole, people that try to sound like Drake, people that sound, try to sound like A Boogie, people that try to sound like all these different individuals, even within the underground sphere. You know, people that try to uh, emulate their favorite artists within the underground as well. So um there's there's a lot of different people a lot of different perspectives but all the people that i run with are people that have a legitimate understanding of all aspects of hip-hop and an appreciation for it as well so that's sort of reflected within the music okay uh what's your what's your uh, heritage background you know uh so to speak my my family's from trinidad trinidad and tobago so they they were probably one of the first black families in calgary to be honest with you they came to montreal initially um, and then after Montreal, I think in the seventies, if I'm not mistaken, they moved from Montreal to Calgary. So we've been out here for, for a minute now. Yeah. I just had to ask cause I could hear that, the accent, but I can't pinpoint it. Um, Trinidad and I hear it just from being, I'm from Brooklyn originally. So my, my father's side is West Indian, uh, British Virgin Islands, yeah. Totola specific, so. uh, is, is where he's from. I'm I'm a terrible West Indian. I haven't been back in quite some time. So, you know, the this accent is gone. Like I have no New York accent. I'm I'm a man without a home, like a nomad, man. But uh <laughs> you you're you a global citizen. Yeah, yeah, I'm a global citizen. I, where I lay my hat's my home, man, pretty much, man. Uh but you know, before we, we talk any further, man, I wanna get people into the music immediately so they know why we're here, how talented you are, and then we'll kinda go from there. What song do you right. want to play? I'll, I'll leave that to you, man. What song do you want to play? Uh, let's see. Let, I'm, I'm feeling that the uh, the track Dystopia with Dystopia? Uh, Patty Hunch on Know It All. Patty Hunch on Know It All. All right, we get right to it. Dystopia, modern day Babylonia, a Ronin, they can't control you, fibbing nothing or phobia. Red, shit, I've been a soldier, this kept for this to you, soaking you. Yeah, staying prayerful, I know my role in this. Game of life, they do you dirty for spite. When you've been a public enemy, can't believe in the hype. Tricking you, watching history, viciously been a heist. But I'd rather that I suffer so my brothers see the light. Some living by the flesh, so they burning your smell of fumes. Got a second shot at life like I'm Lazarus out the tomb. I'm preaching to my niggas, they look at me like a fool. Cause they steady, y'all just keep me whipping white up like y'all cool. But I ain't looking for no ender. You can keep that dog. Oh. I be cruising. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Flow, flow. That's that's one of the first things that uh draw me to an artist is, is flow. Um, a lot of dudes put words together quite quite cleverly, and then that's cool. But the bounce, I like I like a little bit of bounce, like a little uh personality. In your raps, man. Um, I know on your first project of the year, I know we'll we'll get to that. Um, you didn't have as many features, but this one, you got quite a few features. Seems like you, you branched now a little bit more 
project wise, man, what made you um, start rocking with Patty Honcho and know it all for people that don't know those guys and what they've they've done in their own you know career so far. I mean, these are all these are all artists that I've tapped in with on like within the Twitter atmosphere, so to speak, and I really appreciate their artistry and appreciate the the belief they have in themselves and the craft that they they display. You know, obviously, it's high quality releases from all these individuals consistently throughout the years, not just one album, two two singles, whatever the case is. It's like album, EP, like full length projects that are quality and on point. So you know, it's sort of a mutual respect that we've all managed to develop and you know obviously we've got the cypher space platform where individuals are able to come in and and you know d- display their their verses or their or their or their beats or whatever the case is so because of that um i mean really and truly on the first project i didn't want to include too many people because i feel since it was my first full-length legitimate full-length project i wanted to demonstrate my own skill sets but then with this one, I felt it was it was a good look to branch out, have multiple producers and have multiple features, which and, and it was sort of a challenge for me, to, truthfully, to be able to uh, ensure cohesiveness, to be able to curate a cohesive project. To with, executive produce. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's, fact. that's what you're doing, essentially. You know what I mean? And ensure that like in every single instrumental that, that people are rhyming over is something that was sound crisp over and be able to fit their stylistic approach while still sort of challenging everybody on the track as well you know so that was the that was the creative approach so how, how many producers did you end up working with on on this project uh truthfully it's, it's eight different producers um wow. every single one of them every single record on the on the project has a different producer so it's the thing is with me sometimes i like to hone in with one producer and i'm, I'm definitely going to attempt to try that more uh, during 2023 um i have three albums planned with three specific producers but well with these ones i just wanted to sort of spread my wings and, and display as much creative range as possible yeah, what were some of what were some of the challenges in doing that eight different producers uh several different features uh i've i've asked people before you i've asked people to do that in my a lot, a lot of the time, uh, what I kind of got from a lot of different people is the issue is really just the timeliness of getting everything from everybody, man. Yeah, that's a fact, man. It's like, and the thing is, I don't really want to be, you know, continuously messaging people say, oh, you got that verse for me, you got that verse for me yet. But yeah, sometimes you got to have patience and understand, you know, just give people their time because obviously everyone has their own endeavors, people working on their own projects, obviously regular life shit to deal with. So I understood that, you know, if I reach out to somebody, they may not necessarily get it back to me on my timetable, but I just wanted to make sure I gave people sufficient time in order to, to execute so that I could release before the end of the year. And we just managed to do that by December 16th. So, yeah, but I mean, when it comes to having multiple producers, one thing that's really essential is ensuring that you have a cohesive sound and that every track leads into the other sort of seamlessly, you know, even in, in terms of, uh, obviously everyone has a different style. Everyone has a different approach. Some people prefer sampling. Some people prefer to create original melodies. Some people have, you know, more trap style drums. Some people have the boom bap style. Some, some has even drumless styles, you know, but um, I, it was really about ensuring that, I get the sequencing of the album correct in order to 
have a have a seamless approach in terms of leading people on, on sort of a story through the project, you know. So, competitive nature. A lot, a lot, a lot of spitters on here. Unruly. I'm looking. Patty Ancho, know it all. Uh, just some of the guys that I've I've heard in the Twitter space that you mentioned earlier. The rest. I, I haven't heard of before. Um, so but they still deliver everybody delivered pretty, pretty damn good verses on here. How important was that competitive nature in you to not get washed? Nobody wants to get washed on their own own project, man. Like you know what I mean? How 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 did you put any type of pressure on yourself? Uh who delivered, of course, is your project. So I would assume you delivering the verse first and you just letting them wherever it lands, it lands. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Like, obviously, I know there's some there's some killers on this project. You know, a lot of killers. Cat, like, obviously, you mentioned cats like Unruly, Nora, Patty, um, Delano is mad underrated. Jay Heard, like crazy spitter. So I understood. Like, I really gotta pen something quality, but at the same time, ensure that it makes it makes sense and it's not i don't me i, I don't like i don't like the raps was just like rapping about rapping obviously there's a bit of braggadocio that's necessary within within hip-hop but i feel the need to actually have a, a conceptual approach to the record you know so in terms of the content of my verse i wanted to match it with the artist that i wanted featured on it as well so you know obviously i wanted to ensure that i, I came with a strong pen because all of them you know, they, they brought the A game to say the absolute least, you know? So, but yeah, I just sent off the verses first and foremost. I'm not the type that's going to get something back and be like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta rewrite, you know, I gotta re-record because I ain't come hard enough. But, you know, I, a lot of people are telling me that, you know, I, I was able to hold my own against some of these, these heavy hitters, you know, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. And then every time I, I hear uh, somebody that I'm not as familiar with um, that I've listened to uh, since we started the podcast, and you have a, you know, somebody that I've had on a podcast or somebody that I, I probably talked to offline a little bit more often. I'm always like, all right, let me see if they if they going to stick with it and, and kind of just keep up. Like sometimes you're keeping up. Sometimes you you John Stockton and you setting up the assist. You got to you make sure the tempo is right and whatever you're doing on the hook to make the song right. And sometimes it calls for you, for the bars to kind of be there. So um, this project is kind of well-rounded. So I, I it fit. Everything fit um, for me on on this project in particular. Um, so so moving forward, man. Um, where do what do you what are some of your your influences in terms of? Uh, I know you have multiple people on this project and multiple producers. Did you listen to any other projects that were kind of similar from some of the people that you follow to kind of get a feel for how the cohesion should go or to just some inspiration? I mean, my all time favorite is Nas, man. Like all time favorite. Like if I if I had to go top three in terms of artists that have influenced me, it would be Nas, Pun, and Tupac. You know, in terms of like the the legends, you know, those of that lane. In terms of the modern day MCs, I would say Freddie Gibbs is a huge influence on me. But I, well, my favorite album from from the previous year was that Magic album that Nas released, and mm, it was concise. Yeah. It was it was it was a short record. And he released it around the same time of the year, near, near the end of the year as well. So that was something that I had had a constant rotation just throughout the entire year. And one of the records I was really um, that I, I really listened to consistently was that forty sixteen building record. Like the production on there is just crazy to me. So 
And, you know, that rapid fire flow that Nas has the potential to, he doesn't always pull it out, but, you know, when he executes that flow and that stylistic approach, it's just it's incredible to me. For sure, so. man. For, for a long time, Nas was always like, you know, he's always tucked away in my personal top five or top 10, just depending on my personal um, favorites. But, you know, just the recent years with Hit Boy have been amazing to where I'm like, this is what everybody's ha- has always wanted all along. You know what I mean? Him just doing him over just some, some good ass beats, man. And yeah, magic, magic and uh KD three were in my, my personal top 10 albums of last year. And if you would ask, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. I'm a Jay-Z stan. If you would have asked me that five, six years ago, people would have thought I was, you know, c- crazy just based on the people that know me, man. But I'm definitely there with you, with you on the uh, the Nas comparisons, man. Like he he's a, he's amazing, man. He's amazing. Um, who are some of the producers? I wanted you to shout them out because we typically like to have the producers on when it's like one artist, one producer. Right. But with having multiple producers on here, I know that wouldn't be possible. But who are some of the guys that were on here? Um, just just in case people like some of the beats in there, other independent artists may want to reach out to them. Uh, obviously, one of the uh, one of the big names on there is Greenery. He produced the last two tracks, um, one featuring Jay Heard and the last track, Mansa Matrix. Um, yeah, Greenery is Greenery is a different animal, man. Like his, he's he's one, probably one of the most versatile producers that I've had the pleasure of tapping in with on on a personal note. Um, my friend Didi Wave, a tight tight friend of mine from years back, he's um, a dude I used to play basketball with in high school. So he is the uh, producer on the first record, Redefined. Um, another another producer that stands out is um, the producer of the title track, Conflict of Interest. His his uh, I, or his Twitter handle is Deej Chat of Vision. Um, but yeah, so he's he's also you know a young cat in college and whatnot, and he's he's real underrated. So I also tapped in with some individuals, just other people that are. are lesser known but you know they build up their youtube pages or whatever the case is and that's oftentimes you know i'll hear it and then i'll tap i'll hear the beats on youtube and then i'll actually tap in with them to try to build a relationship before making that purchase you know okay okay um i rocks with green too uh, I, I know Green quite quite well. He'll make you feel like whatever you send him is the best thing ever, man. He's such a, he's such a good dude, man. He'll gas you up, man. Have you on cloud nine? Hope you send him back a good record, man. Which one do you want to play from? Uh, produced by Greenery. Uh, let's go that last one, Manta Matrix. Manta Matrix. All right, turn that joint up. Stepped up, now the check cut and the gold all on my chain. This a roll call for the gang. I done told y'all who the main. I've been so far, man, my soul dog better scroll off from the pain. For the dope, like you little moving autonomous, you be stacking the green on the low. When you're trying to get up out the matrix, nigga, first you gotta know the basics. I done graduated from a day shift. They're gonna have to get this man a stream. We ain't gonna let you get the whole thing. We ain't gonna let you just, just a little sample, just a little taste, you know, <laughs> just a little, a little taste. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's dope, man. That's dope, man. Like I, what I noticed uh, a lot was the flows on on this project, man. Uh, how how conscious uh, were you in really focusing on flows? I know you mentioned Nas with the rapid fire flow, but I see you doing that a lot, playing with the flows. Uh, Soliloquy was one of the ones where I saw you tap into another pocket. How important was that for you going into this project as opposed to your first one? You did a lot of that, too, um, at the top of the Talk. year. Persona, persona, persona non grata. Go check that out for all you guys and girls out there that haven't listened. But how important was flow? I feel it's it's always good to be able to manage, uh, like have a, have a good balance between delivery flow and lyricism because it, it maintains the interest of the listener so that obviously these days people have such a short attention span you know like i i saw the study that the average attention span is between one and eight seconds so if you have a three minute record you have to be able to to hold excuse me hold that person's attention for for a, a considerably longer period of time so i like I said, Freddie Gibbs is a huge influence of mine. And he's one of those artists that always has a variety of flows on his records, uh, all throughout all kind of projects. And he, he shows he shows a lot of um, ability to work over different styles of production as well. He'll touch the trap style. He'll touch, you know, he obviously... PYS is... Yeah, PYS is crazy. That's a fact, man. And it's like just the, the versatility. So I just wanted to be able to mimic that as well and have versatility within my stylistic approach so that I can tap into to records like Soliloquy, tap in with records like like Massa Matrix and be able to switch up multiple flows on the record as well, you know? So it keeps keeps the listener interested and ensures that, you know, they stay tuned in for the whole project. Okay. Outside of music, what keeps you you sharp um, in terms of writing? How do you kind of, I know everybody at some point gets to a point of writer's block or just like, I don't have nothing to say this day, but how do you maintain, you know, just your writing ability? For me, it's going out to live life and experiencing life. That's how I come back to create whatever I'm doing. How is it for you? Really and truly, it's the exact same. I feel after I release a project, I really and truly got to take a step back from the creation and just maybe even listen to instrumentals for a while, go about living life. Because I, I try to make my music based on lived experience so that it's, it's relatable to the listener because oftentimes we share a lot of similar experiences as people. So because of that, I feel it's a necessity for me to take a step back from the creative approach for a minute and be able just to go live life, have experiences, and then base the writing and the the lyrical approach on those set experiences. You know, so that's that's really what I do. What do you, I, I've had a lot of talented people on a podcast that do a whole lot of different things. Um, I had Jocking the Divine on recently. Uh, I think that was our last interview. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with him and his team. Incredible MC. Incredible, incredible. Um, I was like kind of reading the credits. I was like, wait a minute, this is yo, you produce, you produce this whole entire project. You know, and I That's didn't right. know that. I didn't know he did that. Do you have any other hidden talents that you're not telling people about because he was modest about it? And I was like, yo, you gotta let that be known. Is there anything that that you're doing or trying to get into in, in the near future in terms of touching different aspects of the music, whether it be production, whether it be videography, what whatever? 
Well, it's, it's a few things, definitely. I I used to play, uh, well, not used to, I mean, I still play piano. I, le- I was learning uh, classical piano from the time I was about five years old. And obviously, like, the, the rudiments of music theory and all that type of stuff. So, you know, Oscar Peterson, a great uh, Canadian jazz pianist, one of my favorite pianists of all time, um, that's really someone that I, I looked up to when I was younger. And in terms of the, the way that I would approach, you know, the, the the technical aspects of playing piano. So oftentimes, like I said, my producer, Didi Wave, who's in the same city as me, he's originally from Toronto, but he moved here um, a few years back. And sometimes I'll be in the studio with him face-to-face when we're actually trying to craft these records. And so sometimes I'll be I'll be helping him, you know, create chords or, or chord progressions or melodies or whatever the case is, um, because he's he's just a master with the drums, you know. And if we combine our two, um, you know, our, our skill sets, then we're able to create a an incredible piece of work. Um, apart from that, like the majority of my videos, I edit them myself. Like I have a friend of mine. A videographer who actually encouraged me to get my own camera, my own drone, and all this type of stuff, and really and truly, for the most part, I just tap in on um, on Final Cut Pro and I edit all of the footage that we shoot myself. So, all the in 2021, I released eight videos. I'm gonna say videos. Yeah, eight videos. So, I saw that. Yeah. yeah so all of those we just we locked in and sometimes it would be it would just be like a three four hour editing session we finish shooting the video lock in edit the we finish shooting edit and then boom release the following morning so sometimes you really got to lock in on that and just execute and knock knock the shit out for real nice nice that's that's super inspiring um you know not to promote myself but like i'm i'm doing the same thing um, for the podcast and interviewing people and doing my own music, tap back into that last year. I got all the gear, but I definitely want to get to the music video aspect of it. Got all the skills. It's just the time, the time, man. So um, if y'all don't know, that takes a lot of hard work and dedication to write the rhymes, do the treatment for the video, shoot the video yourself, edit the video. Like that's like maybe what, four or five skill sets? You yeah, know, true enough. Just put out there. But- so yeah. That's the thing, man. I feel like it's it's so essential in this day and age to be like that. That's really the definition of independence, to be completely self-reliant and self-sufficient. You know, obviously, we're always going to need somebody to, to play a certain role. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's an essential. Matter of fact, I was saying the same thing earlier today that, you know, sometimes it's best to sometimes you can't afford to go go five lanes at once. But to be honest with you, you make smaller progressions when you do that. If you're able to delegate certain tasks or, or have certain people that are specifically, you know, for maybe someone's a videographer, a producer, or, you know, a, a booking manager, or whatever the case is, all these individuals who have a real specific task that they hone in on and maximize their skill set, and then you can make incredible progressions in all these multiple lanes if you work as a collective unit, you know, so... Right, right. It's, it's finding reliable people that get the job done as as professional as you would, would be. And then at that point, I have no problem giving them my money because I know if they tell me 15 days, two weeks, a month, whatever, I know they're going to meet a deadline. Cool. We we work well and they want it to look as good as I want it to look good for me. So I, I like working with people like that, that are reliable. So, but yeah, like you said, you got to delegate sometimes because the main thing is the main thing and that's the music. 
You know what I mean? So if the music ain't jamming, then who gives a damn about the video? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fact, man. For sure. But yeah, it's, it's crazy to me because, you know, obviously we all have multiple talents, you know? So there's still the potential for you to demonstrate those talents and skill sets, you know, in multiple lanes. So that, you know, that you have to find that balance in life. Sometimes it's about working with the team and sometimes you have to make your own solo progression as well. Yeah, speak, speaking of balance, let's talk about a little bit about your like well, spirituality or you you invoke a lot of spirituality in in your music. It's not um so much nonsense rap is you got a bop to it, got flow to it. It has oh, some personality to it, but you do tap into society's ills. You do tap in um, you know, to your spirituality, man. What makes you want to do that? Kind of going way back to the beginning of the interview in terms of how you say, hey, Toronto. Some of those guys don't vibe with what I'm trying to to do with. Um, is that is your spirituality or just the things that matter to you? Just are those some of the reasons why you make the music you make? Yeah, absolutely. It plays a big role because you know, to to be honest with you, there was a point in time where you know, within the, within the music and with even in, within my own lifestyle, you know, I was I was kind of wilding to be honest with you, but. You know, once you once you grow and mature and gain certain perspectives and harking back to the teachings of, of your youth, so to speak, you put things in perspective and you're able to really understand that there's there's oftentimes, you know, when, when people are young, they think there's a difference between the spiritual side of life and the physical. But truthfully, you have to understand that it all coincides. It's something that meshes together. So that's something that I try to represent within the musical aspect as well. Because I, I I am a believer in the Most High, I believe in God, so I I feel as though that is something that is essential to be communicated within the music I make. Oftentimes, some people feel like that that there's a reason to separate that or segment that, but I feel if you can embrace that and demonstrate who you are and what your beliefs are, then you'll attract the right audience and you'll attract the right uh, listenership, so that. You know, people won't be tapping in with you to to hear your music and expecting to hear something different than what you display in real life because everything needs to align. You know, so that's that's my perspective on that. For sure, man. Yo, can I ask how how old are you are you now to have that that type of perspective? Me, I'm I'm 28. I just turned 28 okay. earlier earlier last year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's, get, it's getting there, man. It's getting there because that that that's where I've been for quite some time in terms I can't make or make any moves professionally or music wise that don't don't align with where I'm at spirit spiritually or just as a man. You know what I mean? Cause you gotta wear that. You gotta you gotta wear that wherever you go. You know what I mean? And um, you know, the I won't say you make reality rap, but speaking to people's reality, I mean, just think about I mean, you mentioned Nas, you mentioned uh, you know, I'll mention Jay, I'll mention just a lot of different artists that kind of stick to those type of vibes are super successful. They can still make music in this day and time because they don't have to identify with a certain type of moniker or style rather um, that was trendy. You know what I mean? They've always spit reality raps and that last the test of time. You can go anywhere with that no matter. It ages well. True enough, man, because that's the difference between making something for the moment and making something that has longevity. You know, like all the all the records and albums that we consider classics, they, for the most part, they come from a place of authenticity. You know, it's not something that 
is following after a certain trend or is, is, is trying to tap into a certain level of popularity for the moment. It's something that is authentically created and representative of the person that created it. And that's why we resonate with it so much, because we can see that there's that level of legitimacy there. You know, so that's that's my perspective when it comes to the content and, and bringing forward, you know, something that, like I said, I, I like to make music that is representative of life experiences and how it can be relative to another person's life experience. Okay. Earlier you mentioned um, having several projects lined up with producers and, you know, having some goals. Are you a resolution-based type of guy or a goals-based type of guy uh, at the top goals. of the U? Okay. Yeah, so definitely what, goals. Cool. Me too. Same here. I have the same work ethic, so I don't think a resolution really matters to me. Uh, I break the months down and I'll January, I want to do this or by this quarter, end of this quarter, I want to accomplish this. Uh, what are Absolutely. what are some of your goals for 2023? Um, music wise or, or personally, if you want to let us in on the personal goals as well. Um, I mean, the thing is I'm, I'm trying to, uh, first off in terms of music, I'm, I'm trying to have at least three projects this year against produced by three specific and separate, uh, producers. One of them, I really want to tap in with this greenery. He's been sending me some packs lately and everything is hidden crazy. So it's, it's real inspirational and it's, it's leading me to be able to, 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 create a, a conceptual approach for this project. Also, uh, my producer, Didi Wave, uh, we're definitely going to be tapping in. Maybe an EP, maybe an album. We're not too sure yet. We're just in the beginning stages of that. But um, yeah, those are two producers I definitely want to hone in with this year, uh, just in, because I, I respect their craft to such, a, to such a high degree. You know, I see that they're dedicated to what they're doing and they are they, they demonstrate such a high skill level. You know, and that's that's those are the type of individuals I want to align with. Um, so yeah, just other than that, I really want to ensure that I have you know my own website up early, early this year, so I can maintain e-commerce when it comes to this music game. Because as we all know, streaming revenue isn't uh, no, isn't no, no. I check, I check mine, <laughs> I check mine, and it was pennies, man. It, yeah, was, it was laughable, man. I don't even, yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. But I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah, man, because I've seen, I've seen certain artists take the independent approach and they have to maximize the e-commerce in terms of selling the actual music, making it something that's a collectible, making it something that's a tangible item that the, the listener is going to value. And then, you know, one, one other uh, independent artist I look up to is Currency a lot because he, For sure. he stays on the independent grind he puts out project after project. There's really no no stopping it. It's just consistent hustle. And then he has the the merchandise and the the live top, shows. Top notch merchandise too. You know, it's quite something you would want to rock. You know, just in a normal day to day. So, you know that that's a difficult thing to balance too, man. Like just having a, a team, a creative team for merch that that'll put your stuff out. It, it's hard, man, but. I definitely uh, applaud you trying to get it all on one site. I know, uh, dang, I think I forgot what guy I follow on Twitter. I want to shout him out. I think his name is Stowe. I don't know. But he's always, like, posting about um, artists. Do you have your website yet? Is it up? And it's like, I like that he does that because it publicly shames me internally to have to do that. 
Uh, we have a website for the podcast, but you know, we have a Patreon. So we, you know, we move in and that bit. But for the artist side, yeah, I want to start. Yo, if you want to buy my album, uh, Bandcamp is cool. You know, they give me a, a good percentage, but I want to merge all that. So if I can get a hundred percent of it, train train your audience to do that, and it's it's challenging. You know what I mean? At times, I, I think. Um, but I think uh, the perfect example of that is uh, R.J. Payne right now. That's a fact. You know that's I mean? really, that's what inspired that idea to such a great extent. Because I tapped in with R.J. Payne back in 2019, I'm going to say. And I really saw his approach because you, for, for you know, the initial release of his projects, you can't even see those on, on streaming services, you know. Nine times out of ten, it's either going to be on his site exclusively or is going to be on his site initially with, you know, maybe a, a month window between that and the, the DSP release. So, you know, I, I respect the, the independent hustle because that's that's what we really need to be doing. We don't necessarily need a record label in 2022, 2023, you know? Like, it's, it, sh- it should be a, a an obsolete concept, you know? But that's the thing. As an independent artist, we really need to build that relationship with the listener, with the consumer, and go direct to consumer because that's the best way to monetize and make this a a viable, commercially viable, you know, choice in terms of a career. Do you think uh I have this this argument too with a lot of artists and just behind the scenes, um, friends that are artists and it's like, you know, um they were like, hey, I don't want to put it on Bandcamp. A lot of people don't know what Bandcamp is that's purchasing my music and that's not where my audience is and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, why don't you just build a website? Uh, you know, again, they're trying to satisfy the convenience, but they're going to keep putting it out on the streaming websites. And I'm like, dog, what are you doing this for? Like, you don't, I, I know you're doing it for the love, but don't you want to get something back out of all that you put in to this financially? You know what I mean? And some of them just, they rather just see the streams and it's it's kind of a, to me, it's like a poor man's mindset. Like, yeah, you got a lot of streams and a lot of followers, but if you're not, um, I'm not a high streaming artist personally. I'll give you a personal story. I'm not a high streaming artist, but my, my 15, almost 1500, you know, in sales off a band camp from just people I know personally that rock with me. And I'm not doing crazy streaming numbers. You know, hopefully that's the same for some of my peers. And I, I just say that to say, there's money to, out there to do it. You just got to train the audience. You just can't be lazy and not want to tell them how to support you. You got to train them how to support you. Now, what do you think about that? Well, see, my perspective on the streaming, like the numbers, you see, at the end of the year, everyone's posting the Spotify rap list and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I got this many listeners, this many, this many hours. And it's, it's all vanity metrics, to be completely honest with you, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, what, what, what's the point of this? It's not, it's not like, oh, look, I just got, you know, however many thousands of dollars in my account. That's not what that is. It's literally vanity metrics that has given you, you know, a fraction of a cent on the dollar. You know, so it's really up to us to to shift that mentality and really and truly understand, boom, streaming is a valuable, a valuable lane because it helps you open up to a broader audience, whether, you know, you're going through the playlisting or whatever the case is, it opens you up to a different audience. But at the same time, it's not going to benefit you as much financially. So, you know, it's up to us to really figure out right, how can we make this a legitimate leverage, yeah. you know, how you leverage it. That's a fact. 
Yeah, how do, how do you leverage it to to make to make the money? Because for me, you know, I, my 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 old age, you know, I'm I'll be forty in three weeks, right? In my old age, my time is very important. <laughs> you know, I was young, um, you know, yeah. you know, kind of, and I'm blessed to live that long of a life. But like, my thing is like, my time is important. You know, I got kids, I got things I want, I want to do, personal things I want to accomplish too. But as much time as it takes to put this. Uh, podcast together, put together quality interviews to do the research, to give people the respect that they deserve as an artist, because I know how much you guys put into it. I would like something to come back in terms of just, you know, monetizing things and stuff like that and to, to not even try to direct people's attention to how they can help me monetize and stuff like that. I think it's, it's foolish. It's just foolish. You know what I mean? And I don't care how many listens I got it. Listens don't pay the bills. It don't even help. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's just where I stand with it. You need, you, know, you need like, whether it's the Patreon or whatever the case is, but even better to, to be able to create your own platform that you can direct people to. Because, another, like, again, another independent artist I look up to a lot was Nipsey. You know, like, I I go through, sometimes I'll just, I'll just spend, you know, some time while I'm doing some other work or making food or whatever the case is, just listen to a Nipsey interview. Because he be always dropping game and dropping jewels about how how people should be maneuvering in a business sense. And that's legitimately what this is. This is the music business. This isn't the music, you know, show and tell. This isn't right, the music, right, right. This is the music game. This is the music business, you know, for real. So that's the thing, like, I peep, I peep game with artists that have figured out a lane that works for them because you can't necessarily go to somebody and say, all right, what worked for you and how can I, how can I mimic that? You can, you can take little pointers from people and peep game, but you have to figure out what works best for you. You know, whatever lane you happen to be, whatever stylistic approach you choose for your music, you know, you have to figure out, all right, well, how can I, how can I get this to the right listening audience? And then how can I ensure that it's commercially viable at the same time? You know? Yeah. Oh, I, I steal all the time. I jack jack great ideas all the time. Like I have this book called Art is Theft. You know what I mean? Like going back to the music thing that you were saying earlier to where people will kind of mimic flows and stuff. And it's cool. Like you should mimic greats, but you, you got to throw your own sauce on there to where it's not biting. You know what I mean? It's a fine line, fine line with that. But you should see. I mean, that's that's a fool working backwards if you're trying to just create your own thing without actually seeing what works um, previous to you. So I'm, I'm always doing that. I'm like, I'll, I'll see somebody with a dope podcast that I rock with and, oh, okay, that podcast is set up pretty dope visually. Let me see if I could do something so, kind of similar to that. Not jacking it, but just take some of that that sauce and yeah, Pomone sauce on there and, and see why we could do it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm about to subscribe to Joe Button's Patreon. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it to see how he ha- sets up the the Patreon and how he got got it shaken, so I can see. Okay, I could deliver this type of content, you know, to people and get them to buy in on just me shooting the shit, talking shit with my homies, pulling up, having random conversations, just like he has random conversations. Um, and it fact. don't have to necessarily be an interview. It could be just we all talking about how we're trying to monetize as an artist. You know what I mean? Different things. Everybody just dropping game. And that's the episode, you know what I mean? That that that, sh- that shouldn't be free. That should be something you got to pay for. That's a fact. And you know it's crazy mean? because sometimes the most profound conversations just come from you chopping it up with your peoples, you know? Like, oftentimes I find, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a room with my friends, 
we'll be we'll just be discussing some real profound topics but it'll still be humor mixed in the mix you know talking about the things that everybody loves to to listen to and and people like whether it's music or sports football basketball whatever the case is you know but you you still find that balance of touching on a lot of interesting subject matter. So if you find a way to monetize just those regular conversations where you might even be dropping game, you know, it's it's even better. Just never know. You just never know, man. But yo, man, Prophet, it's, it's been a pleasure chopping it up with you, man. I, I can't wait to see what else you got in store for uh, 2023. Uh, before, before we let you go, I definitely want you to put your social media out there where people can find uh you and anything else that you got going on man so you you drop it on them man most definitely rtc profit on all social media platforms twitter instagram youtube is rtc profit that's where we got the music videos popping matter of fact i'm about to go shoot another music video tonight so i'm excited for that um all across uh, all DSPs, whether it's, you know, Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, RTC Profit. So same name across all platforms, and that's where you can find me. All right. Too easy. Y'all tap in with Conflict of Interest. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube land, everything's scrolling down the bottom. You can you can check it out. If, you, if you're watching us right now, you can see the artwork right there. So you've got a, a point of reference. That the project is short and sweet, 24 minutes. He don't keep you too long. He don't overstay his welcome. He give you a bunch of flows, a lot of good beats. A lot of guys I know on here personally that are delivering five verses. So y'all tap in with the with the whole gang, man. And y'all, y'all definitely follow him so you can be updated on whatever he has next. This is episode 190. I'm Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. And my man right there is Profit, man. Check him out. Conflict of interest. We out. Where the fun's at, drum clap from the jump, that's how I run that touch back, never cut slack when I punt that dumb racks, all I done stash, it's a bus pass, all gas when we gon' dash where the fun's at, drum clap from the jump, that's how I run that touch back, never cut slack when I punt that dumb racks, all I done stash, it's a bus pass. I told you niggas that my destiny is legendary, still shed a tear for all my youngins that be dead and buried. Say all my toes, a lot of serpents come as emissaries. I'm scoping out the whole field like the secondary way I'm running through the game and feel like Marshall Lynch. Again. They never keep in place despicable conditioning. Excuse for mediocrity, the chat will never listen. And we truly the anomaly. The rest of y'all is sickening. I'm made to give it away. Just the game that we gotta play. Even exchange or reaping the gains of all the pain that we made away. We spent hours in the gym, clocking in, trying to win something.